are listening to the Plano Pulse, a Plano Chamber podcast keeping you in tune with the heartbeat of the local business community. It's time for the Plano Pulse. Hello, this is Misty with Photography by Misty, here to give you a few quick tips on how to look great in front of my camera or any camera. First of all, drink lots of water. Practice proper posture. You'll look 10 pounds thinner and feel more confident. And also wear well-fitting attire. Want more tips? Check out our vlogs at photographybymisty.com or invite me to the office for a brown bag lunch where we will practice posing tips and tricks. Heck, I'll even bring dessert. Thank you for joining us for Plano Pulse. I'm Lisa Smith, 2020 Chair of the Board for the Plano Chamber. And I'm Steve McSwain, the 2020 Chair-Elect of the Plano Chamber Board. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast, Steve. This is a little preview of what you're going to expect as you co-host next year. Thanks a lot. You're going to be great. Thanks a lot, Lisa. I'm looking forward to it. I'd like to start by thanking today's episode sponsor, Photography by Misty. You've heard heard about her at the beginning of our episode. So thank you very much for supporting the Plano Pulse. Well, now it's my pleasure to introduce you to today's guest. Plano Police Chief Ed Drain started his law enforcement career with the Plano Police Department in 1994. And I think we may have met right along right along in, the, in that time frame. I think Chief. so. Through his career, he's worked in patrol, the neighborhood police unit, and traffic investigations, as well as served on the SWAT team and the bomb squad. In 2006, Chief Drain was appointed as the assistant police chief, a position he held for 10 years. In July 2016, Chief Drain was appointed as the interim chief for the Amarillo Police Department and went on to be formally selected as the department's police chief. In February 2020, Chief Drain returned to Plano to serve as the police chief. Chief Drain serves on the Texas Children's Justice Act Task Force, the Texas Sexual Assault Survivors Task Force, and the Texas A&M Engineering Extension Service Law Enforcement Training Advisory Board. Chief Drain, thanks for being with us today. You're welcome, Lisa. Good to see you again. Great. So for starters, tell us, how, how does it feel to be back in Plano? We're obviously thrilled to have you and Linda back in Plano. Yeah, Linda and I are glad to be back. Um, uh, we had we had a good tour in Amarillo, but uh, most of our family are in this area and uh, friends are in this area. Um, and so it was just, it, we are just really very pleased to be back here. And, it's, and it was our intent to move back here when I ultimately retired anyway. So, so we're just glad to get back a little earlier. Great. Thanks. Uh, what an incredible career you've had, Chief. Um, you've had a, it, we had a hard time narrowing down all of your accomplishments uh, for your introduction. So you've filled so many roles over your career, uh, primarily all of them in Plano. How has all this experience prepared you today to be Chief of Police of Plano? Well, Steve, I think, you, you know, you mentioned all of my roles, and I think even my roles beyond Plano, uh, even my time in the military service, I think, was very valuable. The time that I spent in Amarillo as Chief, I think, has uh, help prepare me for this leadership position that I'm in now. and uh, But serving as the assistant chief for 10 years in Plano gave me an opportunity to work with uh, many of our nonprofits, our school districts, some of our uh, HOAs. Our, and so coming back now, especially in this environment that we're in now, having filled all those roles, uh, we, you know, people ask me about homeless. I was on the board of the Samaritan Inn, so I'm kind of familiar with that issue. I was uh, on the advisory board of the Salvation Army. All of those things, I think, has helped prepare me for the uh, leadership position that I'm in now. Great. But Chief, it's been about eight months since you became chief of police, and I have to say, what an eight months it has been. The month you started, the stay-at-home order was put in place for Texas. What was it like 
being in such a new and important role in such an uncertain time. You know, besides the day-to-day business of running the police department, is the COVID-19 pandemic and the protests that we had earlier in the year, uh, those are the things that uh, have consumed a lot of my time coming back that I didn't anticipate having to to deal with. But uh, those things are, are going on uh, not just regionally, not just nationally, w- worldwide. The whole world is being affected by the pandemic. Certainly right after the Memorial Day death of George Floyd, the uh, protests were also worldwide. So if I've got to go through the pandemic and the protests anyway, there is no better place to do it than right here in Plano. We've got great people and staff at the police department across the city. We're well, refo- uh, well resourced and we get great support from our community here. Great, Chief. Uh, The police department works so closely with the public, which I'm sure has brought it many challenges during the social distancing time. How has the department adapted to maintain health and safety for uh, the community during the pandemic, as well as the the department? Yeah, uh, you know, early on, probably like most of us across the country, and when I say early on, I mean February, uh, maybe even the first couple of weeks of March when we got there, we probably at the police department were not doing enough social distancing and wearing masks, just like a lot of other folks. And so what we saw was our first case, we had an employee go out of state, and when he returned, he he was positive. We didn't know that, of course, and he probably infected maybe 14 people that ended up, you know, having to be quarantined and and do, do various things. Now, our most recent case, we have an officer that I just spoke to a couple of days ago. His wife's a flight attendant. She was positive, so he's positive. They're doing fine. They're at home doing okay. But there was no other employees that were put off because of, you know, we're doing social distancing, we have masks, we have plenty of PPE, we have plenty of cleaning supplies, we have spit guards up, we've got some of our civilian employees out of the building so that they can work from home and they're, they're being very, very productive at that. So, so overall, we're doing, we're doing pretty good in that regard. Uh, that's both to protect our employees and to protect our citizens. Chief Drain, uh, thanks again for being here. We appreciate it. You know, it is kind of a, uh, a contrast where we're trying to maintain social distancing and wearing protective gear, masks, and, and things like that. But your job or the police department's job is to interact with the public uh, on a close basis. Um, is that present, present challenges like for traffic stops and uh, arrests or wherever you have to, you know, closely interact with the public? Um, has that been a challenge for you guys? Uh, yeah, I think the pandemic has probably been a challenge to some degree to to all of us, I, I would say. Uh, but 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 it has. You know, we have had some uh, scenarios where, uh, you know, officers have gone up to cars and the citizens thought they were too close and the officers didn't have. So we've encouraged the officers got to wear those masks when you go on those traffic stops. Uh, uh, the officers now, when they go to a house, if they don't have to go in, they're asking the people to come outside. Uh, we're asking as many of our residents and businesses uh, if they can, uh, for more minor offenses, we have a tool on our website to where they can go in and, and file those offenses. They can also call them in, and uh, we can take those over the phone. So there is no human contact. So yeah, it has it has presented some 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 challenges for us. Uh, but but as I said, we've had about 22 officers that have tested positive. We've had one who was seriously ill. He was hospitalized. He was in ICU, but he seems to be recovering fine now. And but the others, relatively minor symptoms, and they've all been doing doing pretty good. And they're you know back to work fairly quickly. And what is the um, what is the total population of the police department? How many employees? We're authorized 414 sworn officers and 202 uh, uh, full time officers. So that doesn't count the crossing guards. So, so we're a little over, uh, a little over uh, 600 employees. And are you uh, at full employment? Or are you still looking for officers? Uh, right now, we are. Uh, we're going to start an academy, I believe, next week with uh, nine officers. That'll leave us with 13 vacancies. So that's about 
3%, so we're not doing too bad. I mean, there are cities, 10, 15, 20% vacancies right now, so, so we're doing pretty good. Is there a challenge with, uh, do you have to overcome a hurdle about encouraging people to be police officers with the national media and, and kind of, you know, the defund the police uh, movement or whatever that you hear about a lot? Do you have to feel like you um, have to sell the police department more than you did prior to, like, say, the last six or eight months? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I think I think that we do. Uh, we've 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 given two tests since I've been here one, but we gave them relatively close. So we gave one Saturday. Uh, and it was fewer than 100 people were there, but we just gave one in June, and we had about 160 people at that one. So of course we wouldn't have as many at this time. Uh, but uh, but so law enforcement right now is a hard sell, I think, across the state and across the nation. But within that hard sell, though, I think Plano is an easier sell because uh, we do have uh, we have we have good paying benefits here in the city. Uh, we have a college degree requirement for most of our. Uh, officers, unless they have at least three years of active duty military service or two years of prior law enforcement service, then they need 60 hours. So when we put that in place, we were concerned, will it make it more difficult to recruit? But when you have pay like ours, when you are a an accredited police department, uh, young folks want to come work for a professional organization and they see that in Plano. So our recruiting has not been as difficult as it is for other police departments, which is why we have such a low vacancy rate right now. <clears throat> Great. Sounds like you guys are doing an awesome job. Chief, as a follow-up to that, um, as far as community policing, how is how is uh, the pandemic impacting the officers being out in the community? Plano's always done such an excellent job, and you personally, in being out in the community among the people. Yeah, Lisa, and I, you know, and I tell you, that's one of my um, biggest fears uh, with with, uh, or I shouldn't say fear, but concern with the pandemic. Uh, community engagement is really really vitally important for police departments, not just here in Plano, but across the board. And especially when you have so much negativity about p policing that's going on out in the community. And uh, the best way that you can get around that is you have to get out and have conversations and engage with the community. And, and I believe the best way to do that is face to face. Now we have had a lot of Zoom meetings and, and, and team meetings and Skype meetings with public groups, you know, with the NAACP, with some of our faith-based groups and businesses, and, and that's fine. But I, but I think, you, you know, as lo the, the longer this pandemic goes on, longer we're gonna go without having real contact with our citizens. And I think that that's really uh, a negative for law enforcement. We are very engaged in doing um, community engagement here in Plano and with our crime prevention unit, with our neighborhood police officer unit. And there's just a lot of things we unfortunately can't do right now. This week, we're, uh, next week, we should be having national night out. That is a big deal in Plano. We normally have about 60 block parties and different events. We're not gonna be able to do that this year. And that's the first time since I've been here, we've never been able to do that. I think we're going to do a video or something to, to try to still communicate with the public, but it's just not the same. Well, we talked a lot about your experience with the police department, but our listeners may not know that you also had a really impressive career with the U.S. Army and that you even have a bronze star. Congratulations and thank you for your service, Chief. Can you tell us a bit about your military experience and why you've been so called to protect and serve your community? Well, yeah, my military experience was uh, I went to school at the University of Texas at Arlington, and when I was there, I was in ROTC, and so I was on an ROTC scholarship, which meant I had to go on active duty, uh, and I ended up staying. I, I had to, My obligation was four years. I ended up staying 10 years on active duty, and uh, at one point, I was stationed in upstate New York, and, and my career field was explosive ordnance disposal, or basically the bomb squad, and so up in upstate New York, it's actually a pretty rural area, and the state police is very 
I mean, they are they are the police, law enforcement up there in a lot of places, and they would call us to come out to help with maybe uh, something they found a grenade or a suspicious package or whatever. And I thought those guys were so prof professional. And this was maybe in the uh, mid '80s or so, and that's when I started thinking about going into law enforcement. So uh, at one point, I was assigned back here in Texas, uh, in San Antonio, uh, at Fort Sam Houston. I was, I'm a Texan. I said, you know, if I find a job, I think I want to we'll go ahead and get out. I'm at the, kind of the midway point. I did find a job, but the Police Department, uh, but uh, but I was required by the Army. They said I, that I still owed four more years that I could do in the reserves, and so I did. And I ended up staying in the reserves another 14 years. So I did about 24 years total uh, in uh, both active and in the reserves. And I retired in 2007, as you mentioned in my bio. One of the best things about the city of Plano that uh, I think we um, pride ourselves on is how diverse it is. What um, what measures do you take within the police department to serve such a diverse community? I mean, it's really a melting pot. It's There's a lot of different uh, backgrounds. And so what do you guys do at the police department to make sure that you serve and are sensitive to all that diversity? Well, one thing which we do is we try to recruit broadly to, to, uh, to uh, make our department as diverse as we can. So... Uh, you know, our largest minority group here in the city, of course, is Asians, and we have, uh, and that's probably South Asians, Indians, and and uh, uh, Indian Americans, and then we also have a good number of East Asians, uh, Chinese, and Taiwanese, and Koreans, and so I think when it comes to our police department with Asians, we're at around maybe 3% of our police department are Asians. We have a good number of Muslims in our community, so we have at least two Muslim officers that work uh, at the police department. Uh, when it comes to some of the more, I'll, I'll say, mainstream minorities, African Americans, our population is right at around 8%, 85 and we are right there as a department when it comes to our African-American population. Hispanic population is probably 13 to 15%, and uh, Hispanics are around 8 9% of the department, so we need to get those numbers up some. But yeah, so recruiting broadly is one of the things that we need to do, and, and then trying to make our officers as culturally aware as we can. We have to make sure that we include a lot of soft skill training in our academy, and in our ongoing uh, in-service training for our incumbent officers. So for example, we have in-service going on today. Before I came to this meeting, I spoke to that class. They're gonna get later today a class on implicit bias. So uh, so we wanna make sure that officers understand that. We don't think implicit bias is something that we can get around, but there are things, there are ways you can go about checking yourself. And so we're gonna talk to our officers about that. Uh, so yeah, so training, good recruitment, those are the ways that we think uh, tr uh, trying to uh, attend as many events so that we can become as culturally aware uh, as possible. Uh, yeah, those are some of the strategies we use in this diverse. And we're lucky here. We do have a lot of diversity and certainly not everybody here is in, you know, well-to-do range. But a lot of our m minorities that are uh, uh, that are in this this country, they do very well I mean, educationally, uh, economically. So it's not like we they have a, we have a whole lot of police contact with them because we seldom see them as either victims or suspects uh, in, in, in criminal activity. So that gives us a time to get to just know them, know that community. Great. Well, we mentioned earlier about the protests that took place um, over the summer. We saw the beginning of a historical social movement with nationwide protests focused on racial justice and concerns about police brutality. You actually came out and marched alongside protesters in Plano. Tell us more about that experience and why you thought it was important to be there. Well, we thought it was important to be there. Number one, I mean, the catalyst for the protests, uh, you know, across the across the nation and across the across the world, quite frankly, was the death of George Floyd on Memorial Day uh, this past this past May. And uh, you know, at our police department, 
I have not come across a single employee, sworn or civilian. Uh, I meet regularly with the with the chiefs here in the North Texas area. I haven't come across any chiefs anywhere where there has been any disagreement that what was done to George Floyd was wrong. So it was very easy to go out and agree with the protesters. Now, quite frankly, some of them were saying some, some other negative things about law enforcement that I don't agree with, but citizens have the right to do that. You know, the First Amendment was added to the Constitution, not so that people could praise their government, but so that they could protest against their government. And so as long as they're doing that peacefully, we have no problem with that whatsoever, and we're going to try to do whatever we can to keep them safe while they're doing it. Now, some of the protests, uh, you know, were, 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 were a little tough to deal with when you've got maybe 1,500, almost 2,000 people at Parker and Preston, and the assumption was they were going to stay static. But then they decide to just start marching down the middle of Preston Road. You know, I mean, well, you, you just got to adjust and got to adjust with it and, and, and do the best you can to try to keep them safe while they march. And and so and we're, we were able to do that. So we didn't have anyone who we didn't have to use any gas. No one was arrested. No one was uh, we didn't have to use force. No, nobody was hurt, either office, either officers or protesters. So 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 for the most part, I think it went well. Actually, I was uh, I, I was that at that uh, protest, not protesting. I was uh, actually. <laughs> it's okay if you were. <laughs> I wasn't. I, I wasn't. I was actually. You have playing. a First Amendment right too. <laughs> I was actually playing golf that day, and uh, they were yelling things on the golf course uh, to the people playing golf that uh, I don't want to repeat uh, during the po- podcast. But uh, you know, but I didn't observe that. Um, you know, other than vocally, they were very. You know, it was peaceful, so to speak, and uh, you guys were doing a great job of protecting them and. In fact, I think you were handing out bottled water, or somebody was handing out bottled water to him because it was a warm day, and it was, warm. Um, it was drastically different than what you see on TV, where you know uh, the Portland and um, Seattle things, where people are burning things down, and and so for that, I'm, I'm sure you're very grateful, as am I. One question about PISD: Do you, the school district here, do you, do you and the the uh, department interact with them on a regular basis, and and with the students, and have you had any um, backlash from the students similar to you know protests or anything like that? Uh, no, we haven't. Uh, you know, school has uh, started back in in person for those who want, who want to return. So our we have uh, with P we have 23 total school resource officers. Uh, w- uh, one is in Frisco, and the other ones are in PISD. And so we coordinate you know closely on their activities. Their director of uh, safety and security is a former lieutenant with the Plano Police Department. So we know Joe Parks very well and we coordinate very closely with Joe as, as, as needed on protests. During the summer, we, we work with PISD a lot. They did a great job along with uh, the food bank and Minnie's Food Pantry on getting uh, food out to the folks who needed it. And there were some really, really long lines that required some traffic control procedures and they were, they were doing this at the schools. And so we coordinated with those nonprofits in the schools to help facilitate that action. So yeah, we work closely with the school as needed on whatever comes up. Great. Well, we're almost out of time, but we wanted to ask about any new initiatives that may be going on at the uh, at the department and how we can stay up to date on what's going. How can citizens stay up to date with what's going on at the department? Okay, well, first new initiatives. We just started one of a, um, where we've we've selected two officers and they're, and they're doing a great job already. They've been on the job since uh, about a month, uh, 1st of September, and they are their job is to be outreach officers, homeless outreach officers for the homeless and mental health. So, uh, so, so these officers are out and they're responding to these calls. They're not going to be able to cover, especially all of the mental health calls that we get. They're not going to be able to go to all of them, but uh, for the for the ones that are are, are um, more pressing, they're going to try to get to those calls and 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 help those out. The ones where we see 
uh, repeat calls for service. Those officers are going to try to deal with that, help do some follow-up. And, and we've actually, and we're still waiting on word from the Justice Department, we are partnering with LifePath System. We, we went on a grant together to where we can get some mental health professionals who would actually ride in the car with those officers. They would be LifePath employees, but they would actually be riding with, with our officers. So, so we did this joint grant uh, back in the spring. It was actually even before all of the George Floyd, we were already trying to work. It's called a co-responder model, where you have a police officer and a mental health professional show up on the call. So we're still hoping that we're able to get that grant so that we can put that in place. But trying to do more with our homeless population and our mental health population, those are the big issues that we're working on right now. Great. Along with trying to keep everybody safe from COVID. So, so how can the citizens stay up with what's going on in the police department? Can they go on Twitter or Facebook? Yeah, yeah they or? can go on uh, uh, Facebook uh, if they live in Plano and if they're if they're on next door. Uh, our PIO puts a lot of information out on next door. Really, pretty much the same information we put out on Facebook, we're going to put out on next door. So if you're not on next door but you're on Facebook, get on one of those two vehicles and you can get it. And you can also we do have a, a Twitter account too. That's more generally for really fast-paced stuff that like traffic and don't go here, don't go there kind of thing that may be over quickly. But yeah, get on all of them. You know, get on all of our social media platforms. Well, great. Well, that's all the time we have for today, Chief. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us this morning. It's, it's great to see you and, and to hear what's going on with our, our, our fabulous department. All right. So. Lisa, Steve, thank you both. Sure. My pleasure. We also want to give a special thanks to Photography by Misty and, and for their partnership as today's episode sponsor for Plano Pulse. If you want to join uh, Photography by Misty as a Plano Pulse sponsor and get, get your business in front of our listeners, contact the Chamber team to learn more. Thank you so much for tuning in to Plano Pulse. Please let us know what you think, share with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to tune in for our next episode. Hey everyone, Kelly Marcellus here, your president and CEO of the Plano Chamber. Are you looking to kickstart your Friday morning with dozens of local business owners and professionals? Set your alarm and join us for our weekly business interchange meetings for virtual networking worth waking up early for. Meetings are held at 7.30 a.m. every Friday morning on Zoom. Join us and share your 30-second commercial promoting your business and be the first to hear what's going on with other local businesses. Visit planochamber.org to learn more and we'll see you next Friday. Music.